You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. All righty, all righty. Well, if you got your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 5 and say amen. We're going to camp out there. If you got your Bible, you're flipping pages or you've got it on your phone, you can do that as well. As we talk about launch out, as we relaunch bridges, and once again, when I say relaunch, we're just we're just going to hit the summer month with a, a new schedule. We're going to be, be meeting the first, second, and third Sunday uh, morning of every month. We're excited about that. Our fourth Sundays, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to, as, as uh, Steve was talking about, opportunities to go outside the four walls of this building and be the hands and feet of Jesus and represent Christ in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in the streets. We're going to focus that fourth Sunday on that. And then we're going to have our connect groups that meet throughout the month. So we're just excited for what God is doing, okay? So as we get into this word today, I'm reminded of our time in worship about how God is faithful. And I think uh, we've heard that word enough today that I believe that is, that is intentional. That's, that's intentional. God doesn't just make a mistake and not by coincidence, but I believe there's, there's people here, people watching online that you need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. And here we are in Luke chapter 5. Let me set the, the scene for you. This is a scene where, where Jesus is being Jesus. He's being cool because he's, he does stuff like that. Uh, but he's, he's, he's teaching. And everywhere Jesus taught, multitudes tried to get to him. If you've read your Bible like I read my Bible, you know he, he gathered masses of people. And there was one moment where he had to step into a boat to get away from the, the mass of people he began to teach. And we catch up with him in Luke chapter 5. It says, so it was. Now, I'm going to be sharing a lot of scripture. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Got some Bible-loving people in the house today. Luke chapter 5, starting the first verse. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. Everybody say two boats. How many boats? Two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Everybody, everybody say washing their nets. Now, if, if you may want to underline that, highlight that statement, washing their nets. We're going to come back to that. They were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, here we go, launch out. Everybody say launch out. He said launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, this is, this is how some of us would, would, would respond. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. Everybody say, all night. And caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9. 
For he and all who were with him were astonished of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. It's not for the single ladies in the house. Okay, let me, let me refocus. He's watching online. He said, from now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Everybody say they followed him. They followed him. Now, I love that story, guys. And the thing about me, when I, when I read a Bible story, I, I like to dive deep into it because there's a lot in just that one particular story that I believe we can, we can pull some things that will apply to our life today. Let's, let's, let's revisit that. I want to look at four different things about this story. The first thing we're going to go back to, they were washing their nets. These were fishermen. And at the end of the day, if you're a fisherman, what do you, you, you kind of clean up your gear. You're done for the day. So Jesus caught them at a particular time where they had just experienced a failed moment. Now, does anybody like to fish in the house? I like to go fish, and I'm that type of fisherman. I can go out and catch nothing and be okay because it's peaceful. It's away from people. Yes, I'm a pastor. I do love people. But there's something when you, y'all know when you get away and there's no, you don't have to answer your cell phone. It's just, you just, it's a nice little breeze. I can do that. But some people, they would see that as a failure if they're out fishing, if they're really a fisherman and your life depended on it. Let me break it down. If you're out running your business and you didn't make anything that day or that month or that two months, That'd be a very disappointing moment for you. And, they, and Jesus caught these fishermen. They fished for a living. They were not his followers yet. They were not his disciples. They fished for a living. This was how they made a living. This is how they provided. And he caught them in a moment where they had been out trying to provide, and they hit a moment of failure. He caught them washing their nets. And I wonder, as we go through life, how many of us, we hit some temporary moments of failure and we end up washing our nets. We're done. We're finished. God, I can't believe you talked me into doing this anyway. And we hit these moments where we're throwing in the towel in this thing called discouragement. Anybody ever been discouraged? Discouragement, listen, here's the thing about discouragement. It is no respecter of persons. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care what's in your bank account. None of that can stop discouragement. Come on. These gas prices alone. I don't care who you are. The other day, I'm, I'm filling up, and I'm thinking, you know, because you hear people say, well, you know, at least be thankful you got the money to pay for that. But, you know, but this hurts. God, I'm trying to be thankful, but this is discouraging. It's so discouraging. Even my kids are looking, Daddy, that gas is high. Heard one comedian say, you should not be at the gas pump making life decisions. Come on. 
did I eat today or can I fill my car? <laughs> Shouldn't be doing that. But discouragement is no respecter of persons. Listen, it will wait on you outside the doors of this church. It'll wait on you. It'll wait on you to log offline if you're watching online. Discouragement. It'll find you on your job. It'll find you in the middle of a marriage. It'll find you in the middle of a relationship. It will come to your home and knock on the door. It will flood your mind and control your thoughts and your conversation if you let it. They were washing their nets. Can you imagine what was going through their mind in the, in the midst of this? Guys, we're, we're fishermen. We're supposed to be out here thriving in this. And, and we've, we've hit a moment where nothing, we've been out here. He said, we toiled all night and caught nothing. They were washing their nets. How many know God won't leave you in your discouragement? Thank God he always provides a way out. And the second thing, he, Jesus comes along and he says, I want you to launch out into the deep. Everybody say deep. Now this is, he's talking to a fisherman who, who just came from out there. Now they're washing their nets, discouraged. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And I believe what he's trying to get you and I to do is I think about this. Sometimes we, we play it safe with God. Anybody ever, anybody been guilty of playing it safe? Like when Jesus comes along and says, launch out into the deep, you know, one of the things about me, like, like I just recently started liking the beach. And I don't like sharks. Make no mistake about it. But the beach is a very peaceful place now all of a sudden. But, but I'm still... God still has to work on me about going out into the deep. And so I used to be one of those, just like, I go like mid-calf and I'm good. I'm enjoying the beach. Yes, it's wonderful out here. Yes, it is. It's glorious out here, you know. And, but the more time we go, then, then I get a little bit further. I get mid-thigh. Oh, I'm so glad we came to the beach, you know. Look, everybody else is out there swimming in it, but I'm, I'm doing good. And then I get, I get, I get to the waist. And then the last time we went to the beach, I probably got up to about right here. And we saw a bunch of stingrays, you know, a couple days. And so, so Grayson is behind me. And, you know, we're following these stingrays because they're cool. They just come gliding through. And so Grayson is behind me that third day. And he goes, Daddy, there's another stingray out there. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me get closer. I walk out and all of a sudden, this little shark comes cruising through. I said, Grayson, that's a shark. I look back, Grayson's gone. Like he left me. Left me. Didn't care about daddy or nothing. All I said, Grayson, that's a shark. He took off. But there I was in this moment in the, in the deep, in this, this little, and I say baby shark, but you know, that baby shark was, every time I tell the story, it gets a little bigger, but that's a shark. I don't care if it's tiny or what? Or full grown. That was a shark just cruising towards me. And in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the deep. I can't outrun this thing. But all I can do is like, God, you got me as I'm stepping back <laughs> out of the deep. But I believe God calls us to do something that may scare us, that may get us out of our comfort zone, and that push us into a position where we have no other alternative but to trust him. 
Have you ever been backed into a corner that you couldn't fight your way out? And you reach a place where you know it's going to take God to get you through this situation. And that's launching out into the deep. Listen, we got to quit hanging around the shallow areas if we want to experience the bigness of God. Faith is a risk. Things don't come easy, but we must risk it. Amen? Y'all still with me? The third thing is we got to learn to follow. Following, we got to know that following God is a process. Following God is a process. Doesn't happen overnight, but it's a process. Remember, Peter said, Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. Then he goes on to say, but nevertheless, at your word. Okay, he says two things there. Following God is a process. Now, we can read that scripture, going back to verse 5. We can read that and just go straight through it. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. But, but you know, oftentimes when I see a, a, something in the Bible, I'll look at some punctuation. I don't know any, any English majors in, in the room today before I jump off on the ledge here and get corrected from the stage. You can, you can do that after service. But when I read that in your Bible, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a semicolon where it says, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Everybody say semicolon. Then the next part of that is, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, here's what that semicolon suggests. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you how this is, how we process. That semicolon suggests a long pause. It's not a short pause like a comma. So in that one verse, Peter says, Lord, nevertheless, we, we, we I mean, he says, Pastor, we toiled all night, semicolon. There's a pause before he says, nevertheless, at your word. Because with our humanity, guys, how many know sometimes it's a struggle to do what God is calling you to do? It's a fight on the inside. And Peter is having a, a temporary struggle in his mind. What is he struggling with? Well, God is, Jesus is telling me to go back out, but we just spent all night and we caught nothing. So he pauses and he has to think about that for a while. He has to think about, do I trust Jesus or do I stay in the boat where I am? Do, 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 I, do I do what God's called me to do or do I take the risk and go out and experience another failure? I mean, in humanity, we don't like to fail. That's just humans. But Peter is... In this process, what am I going to do? Jesus has just told me to do something that I just did the night before and didn't have any success. Now he's telling me to do it again. But he's telling me to even go further out. And I think sometimes in our life, God will find us, listen, God will find us and challenge us when we're at our lowest. When our, all of our strength is gone. When we're at our weakest, that's when God is strong. God will, God will back you into a corner and wait till you realize that there's nothing humanly impossible that you can do to make the situation better. And then he will tell you to go do it. And you've got to have this thought process going on in your mind. Do I trust God? Or do I play it safe? 
Do I launch out into the deep? Even after I've experienced this failure? Or do I play it safe? And I think if we've got to come to a realization that if we can push past our exhaustion and our fatigue and our past experience and trust God that he'll get us to the place that we need to be. In this moment, in this pause, when Peter said, Lord, we've told all night. I mean, no, God already knew the miracle he was about to do. Isn't that awesome? God already has provided the miracle. It's out there. He knows what he's about to do in our lives. But he has to wait on us to process this. And Peter, it didn't happen, over, it didn't happen instantly, but that's a struggle. Lord, we just washed our nets. We just closed the business. We just, we just shut it down for the night, and you're telling me to go back out? I got to get the boat ready again. I got to get everything ready again. And he's processing, and he took a risk by saying, nevertheless. What is he saying? Now, now that is not, now you notice Peter didn't say, Lord, I agree with you. See, some of y'all are too spiritual to understand. Come on. He said, he didn't say, oh, Jesus, you're right. No, he didn't, he didn't say that. There's nothing in this story that tells us Peter 100% agreed with what Jesus told him to do. And there's going to be some times where God calls you to do something. He's not looking for your agreement. He's looking for your obedience. That's a good word for somebody right now. Listen, if you're watching online, God's going to call you to do something. He's not looking for your approval or agreement. He's looking for your obedience. There's nothing in this story that says Peter was totally on board and 100% in agreement with Jesus telling him to launch out into the deep. I believe Peter got to a place where he said, you know what? I'm going to either have to trust this man and take him at his what? Take him at his word. God, I don't agree with it, but I'm going to take you at your word. And I believe sometimes that's all God is looking for. When Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, <laughs> we'll launch out into the deep. Listen, I believe God will call us to do something that we have, un I call it this, unwilling obedience. God, I'm going to follow you, but I'm not excited about it. God, I'm going to follow you, but I'm, I'm mad about it. God, I'm going to follow you, and I can't even see what you're talking about. But that's that unwilling obedience. That's when you've got to trust God more than yourself. You've got to trust God more than your past. You got to trust God more than what your mind can come up with. And you got to take him at his word for the miracle that's in store. Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, we're going to trust you, God. Got back in the boat. We read the rest of the story as they launched out into the deep. Now he's out in the deep. Now he has no other alternative but to hear the instruction of Jesus. Jesus said, now cast your net on the right side. As you launch out, and that's when the miracle began to take place. And I believe there's a miracle in the waiting for us, not just as a church, but as an individual. If you're watching, there's a miracle in the waiting on you 
And you've got to get to a place where you're not waiting on things to make sense. You're choosing to trust God over your mind, over your past experience. You're going to trust him and take him at his word. And as they got there, both boats were filled with fish. And all of that took place. Watch me now as I wrap this up. All of that took place because one person chose to trust God and not his feelings. Have you ever let your feelings talk you out of something? I have. God, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to be let down again. I'm not going to. No, no, no. This is where God, nevertheless, at your word because you spoke it. I'm going to trust your word. And when you trust the word of God, that's when great things can happen for your life. Does this help anybody today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if it helped you. I'm getting ready to close. This is my first close in Philippians 2.13. It says, for God is working in you. And this is where when we have trouble trusting and being obedient to the things of God, this is where we got to believe that God is working in us. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Isn't that something? God will work with you. He'll work with your attitude. He'll work with your reluctancy. He'll work with your, 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 your negative thoughts. He will work with you, and he'll put that desire in you to follow him, that unwilling obedience. God, I don't even know why. Have you ever done something you like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Maybe the Holy Spirit nudges you to speak to a person or talk to a person. And, and, and first, your first thought, I don't, man, God, they're busy. I don't want to, that's a stranger. But, but you know what? You find yourself going up to that person anyway. That, that unwilling obedience. There's often times where God will speak to me to go up to a stranger and say something. And it's like, I'm like, Lord, here, why? You know, you start arguing with God. But you never know what God has in store for that person who he's telling you to go talk to. Amen? That unwilling obedience. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And I don't know about you, but, but I'm just committed to the rest of my life for doing what pleases God. Come on, not what pleases me, but doing what pleases God. And if we're doing things that please God, we can, we can be rest assured that it's for a great purpose. It's going to bless you, but it's going to bless some other people around you as well when you're doing things that please him. Amen? Stand with me as we get ready to close. Father, we thank you for this moment, this hour. We thank you for this service, Lord God, for those that have come out. And as we've worshipped you, Lord God, and you've echoed throughout this service that word faithfulness. I believe in that boat, it's, it's the faithfulness, Patrick, that, that Peter, it's like it went from a fishing expedition to Peter saying, you know what, I, wait a minute. He said, he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And that faithfulness, listen, that's, that's when God is so faithful. I love what, what Steve was saying as we're going to go outside of this church. I mean, you know, there's people outside of these walls that they've come to a conclusion on their own that they're not even worthy. They've been beat down, discouraged. 
and they think they're not even good enough, Sarah, for Jesus anymore. That was Peter. Peter like, oh, I see you're good. I see you're the son of God. And, and his first response, because he was human, oh, get away from me because I've got too much junk going on in my life right now. But that's the faithfulness of God. These, the story wasn't even about fish. It was about Jesus about to label his disciples. That's a powerful thing right there. It wasn't even about fish. Jesus used all that. He didn't preach a sermon. He didn't come up and say, Peter, thou art a sinful person. I see it all over you right now. But he did something in such a way where he showed the goodness, showed his goodness. These men have been fishing all night, caught nothing. They were discouraged. Jesus steps into the boat and shows them his goodness and his faithfulness that opened up the door for a relationship. Oh, oh, opened up the door for a relationship to take place. It opened up a door for that disciple that was faith-filled, Peter, that the one that walked on water later. You remember the story? They saw Jesus walking on the water. Peter went back. Lord, if, if that's you, tell me to come to you. What does he say? He said, I trusted your word once before. He said, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come, Peter. So Peter stepped out on that word. He was familiar with the word of Jesus. And I just think that is so where we are today in our culture, in our, in our, in our world. People need to see that God is faithful and that God is good no matter what. It's that faithfulness that will turn people to Jesus. That's faithfulness. You know, you may be here today or maybe you're watching online and maybe this service has been for you. Maybe you, you realize, oh man, you know, God has shown up in my life so many times. Maybe you just needed to be reminded of how faithful he's been and watching over you all this while. I know some of you personally, and, and, and God has walked you through some stuff, and that's his faithfulness. If he did it once, he'll do it again. He'll do it when the next situation rises. When the next problem occurs, his faithfulness will meet you there. But if you're here today in Nashville or you're watching online and you would say, say, Pastor, that's me. I, I realize God's been faithful, but I, I've not been faithful to him. And today I, I, need, I need to come back to Jesus. Maybe, that's, maybe you're saying that's me. That's me in that boat. God's been so good to me. Maybe his goodness has just, has just kind of shown you the areas in your life that need to come back to him. Come on. He doesn't, he doesn't do that to condemn us. Come on. No. But he'll send such an amazing conviction to draw us back to him. Or maybe you're watching online and you would say, you know, I've stumbled on this program by happenstance. No, not by happenstance, but God had you tune in. And maybe that's you for the first time saying, I, I need this Jesus in my life. I'm going to ask all of us to bow our heads, close our eyes, and repeat this prayer after me. As I read this scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary 
and heavily burdened. And I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come on, say it like we mean it here in Nashville. Dear Jesus, I come to you this day and I ask you for your amazing grace to flood my life, to flood my soul as I commit to you today to follow you and make you my Lord and my Savior. Lead me from this moment on in the path you want me to walk and I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For all of your goodness, all your mercy, and all your grace, flooding the souls and hearts of your people today. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Mm. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.